The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm John Sears. Last week we ran a new Sound Off show open and it sparked more feedback than we expected. So Murph, we took the suggestions and made changes. Good. Thank you, John. I, I, I appreciate that. Let's see it. Introducing the star of the show, Mr. Sandow, John Is that better? Look, we're in a TV business. I know. We're trying to build our brand. I feel like... Our brand is Mr. Soundoff. That's our brand. Have you seen my Twitter handle? <laughs> yes, I have. Every day this week, people are yelling at me, screaming at me. Mr. Soundoff, we loved you. Oh, I believe people are yelling at you. I, I don't believe We love them. Mr. Soundoff. They are I'm, screaming. I, they're screaming, but they're, they're not screaming. They're not screaming that they love you, Mr. Soundoff. Uh, Soundoff, 515-282-9010. NFL draft in the rearview mirror. Three Hawkeyes and a Panther selected, but surprisingly, once again, no Cyclone. The greatest receiver in Cyclone history not picked. Sound off on the draft or whatever. Stirs your passion. Bucket. Let's do it. 515 282 9010. The NFL draft provides great theater. It's why, at one time, the commissioner wrote picks on a chalkboard, and it's now held in a raucous stadium broadcast live on three networks for three days. The draft is so popular, there are full-time experts, smart guys whose job is to know everything about teams and players. But you know what the dirty little secret is? They're guessing. They don't know. Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's first round this year, four of 32 right. NFL Network's Mike Mayock, two of 32. Nine in 10 mock drafts had the Browns taking Josh Allen or Sam Darnold. The Browns took Baker Mayfield. It's a crapshoot. Jamarcus Russell was a can't-miss number one. He missed. Having said all that, I'm still stunned no NFL team picked Alan Lazard. Lazard seemed a lock to end Iowa State's four-year draft drought until he wasn't. Corey Meyer tweets, Alan Lazard at 6'5", 225 pounds, ran a 4'5", 4'40", 38-inch vertical jump, 241 career catches, 3,360 yards and 26 touchdowns. Can't get his name called. 
Too bad he didn't have character issues. I'm sure he would have generated more buzz with GMs. Corey wasn't the only one perplexed. Some fans suggest Iowa State's draft history hurt Lazard. I doubt it. The Saints took Marcus Davenport in the first round. Davenport played for the UT San Antonio Roadrunners. The Vikings drafted a kicker in the fifth round. Daniel Carlson can't believe it either. Heck, the Eagles took a guy who has never played American football. Rugby player Jordan Malata. He's 6'8", 350 pounds and ran over guys in Australia. Hey, I don't get it either. 30 better receivers than Lazard? No. Maybe his agent needed to turn the receiver or tight end question into more of a positive. Regardless, Lazard signed with the Jaguars. It's true that once you get to the bottom of the draft, you're better off picking best fit. But Lazard wanted that call. All players dream that call. And Iowa State needs that call. Needs to end four years of no calls. Recruits want that call. For inspiration, Lazard will find the most successful undrafted free agent in NFL history came from Iowa, too. Kurt Warner is now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well said, Keith. All right. Earlier this week, I did a story on Southeast Polk track star Sidney Milani. Milani will run next year at Iowa State. This story stirred up a lot of discussion on multi-sport and dual-sport athletes as opposed to athletes that specialize in one sport. The cool twist with Sydney's story is she also plays soccer, which is a spring sport going on at the same time as track, a dual-sport athlete. So what's right and what's wrong? I think most coaches encourage athletes to participate in multiple sports, but I also think many coaches want their athletes to be fully committed to their sport and don't fully support dual sports. The problem is sports don't have seasons anymore. Year-round training, AAU, club teams. I didn't have that when I was a kid. Studies show specializing in one sport can lead to burnout and injury, whereas multi-sport athletes experience more long-term success with fewer injuries. 29 of the 32 first-round NFL draft picks were multi-sport athletes in high school. Now, Football is the easiest sport to pair another sport with, which may skew the numbers, but still, that's a good percentage. Hall of Famer Kurt Warner tweeted this today. I have always forced my kids to play multiple sports. Makes them more balanced as person and athlete. Teaches them overall skills that they need, but may not learn in specific sport. And gets them away from, it's all about the pros mentality. Warner, like most parents, wants the best for his kids, but parents can be part of the problem as well. Some parents see the scholarship at the end of the rainbow and steer kids to specialize in a certain sport, when in reality, only about 2% of high school athletes will receive a scholarship to play D1 in college. The key to all of this is coaches. Sydney Milani is doing two sports at once, and she's not the only one. Multiple Rams do track and soccer. The coaches put the kids first, work together, and made a schedule that works for everyone. Playing multiple sports and dual sports is possible. It's not easy, it's not always perfect, but it's doable. Coaches and parents should do all they can to make it work. Yeah, this is an interesting topic and a lot of passion. I'm sure that Mr. Soundoff Twitter handle is going to uh, have a lot of passion about this topic tonight. I love seeing the Southeast Pole coaches working together when you yeah. do the interviews with them. You could tell that in a perfect world that they would both rather have Sydney Milani She's a star. with them all yeah. the time. She's a star, but they work together. And that's best, for, that's best for her. Yeah, both the coaches met before the seasons even started. They sat down with the schedules. They looked and, and figured out which ones might conflict. And they thought, all right, 
here's our three biggest games where we would need Sydney and a couple of the girls. Here's your biggest track meets. Here's some practices that you can practices that you can miss. And they tailor a training schedule so they're not burning them out either on the training regimen. You know, they're not running three miles a day for track and then going practicing soccer running four miles there. They're working together to make it all work. It's doable. Not easy, like I said, but it's doable. Michael and Pella takes us back to the uh, Alan Lazard question from Murphy's Law. Michael, uh, why do you think, if you have a theory, that Alan Lazard was not drafted because I never even considered this possibility, even though he was uh, uh, projected to be somewhere between around you know, four, round five, something like that. What do you think, Michael? Well, honestly, I think that after watching the live board and seeing all the wide receivers drafted ahead of him, I think the Jaguars are going to get a steal, especially with Robinson going down last year. And I think that he's going to surprise a lot of people. I was kind of hoping he'd go to the Vikings or the Packers, but that's kind of my voice on that. And that I think he's going to make a lot of noise. I think he's going to do well because just think, anybody listening right now, think in your head, name me three Jaguar wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Can you name one right now? I mean, I, I feel like it's a good he, fit. Yeah, he's got a good fit to, to, to do this, and that's what he needs to do, use his size and show them that he can go up and get the ball. Because, look. At the uh, very least, he can be a red zone specialist. Yes, yeah, uh, he's not a burner. I think he would, he would admit that. He's not a 4-2 guy or anything. So, but he but can play, man. Yeah, he's a great player. And I think if, once he gets in a camp and can showcase his skills, I think, I think he'll make this team. I think he'll make the 53-man roster. Time for lookalikes with a local connection. Tiny ref judges. It's a lot of pressure. Uh, Brian in Des Moines says Grandview Volleyball Championship announcer Rich Linden. Looks like late wrestling legend Bobby the Brain Heenan. Tiny ref? Not seeing it. Ooh. Roger Fritz from Roland says, William Hurt, as Ernie found in the new movie Miracle Season, looks like Hawkeye and Cyclone wrestling legend Dan Gable. Tiny ref? Would have never thought that. Well done. Guys, the NFL draft provided a great lesson, one that we keep learning over and over again. I'll tell you why that's a good thing. Next, in What's Bugging Andy? Follow us on Twitter. It's at SoundOff13. David writes, let me get this straight. We made Baker our beep, and now he's the number one pick. Wow, the Browns are super dumb. <laughs> Thrillcat writes in response to the multi-sport specialization debate, but Keith, if I don't force my son to immerse himself deeply in a single sport six to ten hours a day from age seven, how will he possibly be able to support me at age 16 so I can quit my job and be his handler? <laughs> that is a, that's, a, that's a good email. Good tweet. Rod writes, uh, this is on the coaches. Let kids play multiple sports, but let them play the one they are currently in and not have to do a million things. Biggest thing I want is kids competing and in different competitive scenarios. Josh Allen did not go number one. Instead, he's going to Buffalo. In a roundabout way, that's what's bugging Andy. The NFL draft made this a great weekend for football fans, but for Wyoming's Josh Allen, It'll be one that he probably looks back on a little differently than the others in his draft class. Allen was projected to be among the first players picked, but ended up falling all the way to number seven. He'll wonder if that had anything to do with those embarrassing tweets that he'd sent out as a young teenager. Tweets that, even though they were sent by a child, have real effects in the adult world. 
This makes me think two things. One, thank God for the umpteenth time that there was no social media when I was a teenager. At best, I would still be apologizing. At worst, I'd still be suffering consequences. Many of us would. Think of it. Now this is me at age 10, and I didn't have a cell phone, and I'd yet to hit my really obnoxious, rebellious stage. Thank God, thank goodness, thank whatever it was that kept man's pursuit of technology suppressed enough to keep this kid off Twitter. Seriously, the social media responsibility talk is today's birds and the bees. It's given by a parent who's probably a little undereducated and given to kids who are probably more advanced than you think. But it's a talk that is just as necessary, and I'm worried about getting my timing and wording right. Of all the horrors out there waiting for my children, I'm not sure that any scare me more than social media. Mistakes, bullies, predators, and the realization that I need to keep up with every new app that the kids use. There will be immature, naive minds at the controls, but like driving a car or experimenting with sex, there will be adult world prices to pay for mistakes. I will need a Josh Allen example every now and then to remind me of that. We all will. I'm Andy Fails, and that's what's bugging me. Thank you, Andy. Former Lincoln star Trayvon Young makes Who's in Your Five, plus your live take. Sound off at 515-282-9010. Like us on Facebook if you choose. It's Sound Off Nation. TJ comments on Alan Lazard not being drafted. Makes a nice story when the hometown heroes stay at home and turn down the Blue Bloods. But this, unfortunately, can be the other side of it. He'll definitely land somewhere, but you wonder how different it could have been if he played for Notre Dame or FSU. As I said, Murphy's Law, I don't think that has anything to do with it. A guy from UT San Antonio was drafted 14th overall. They'll find you. Yeah, they'll They'll find find you you one way or another, yeah. Uh, Who's in your five? Local NFL draft connections. Let's review in order. Number five, Trayvon Young, defensive end to the Rams. Sixth round, former standout at Des Moines Lincoln. Yeah, uh, I think it was originally going to go to Iowa, but then went to Iowa Western and then to Louisville. From CIML to NFL, Darius Fountain, wide receiver Colts. Fifth round, Buzz was Fountain out of UNI. Might go ahead of Lazard. The Buzz was right. Yeah, he's uh, a... I don't know a ton about him, but Justin Cerency raves about him. Says he's got a lot of potential. Justin would know he's been in NFL camps. Uh, then three Hawkeyes started the draft um, for the local connections. Number three, Josie Jewell, linebacker, Broncos, fourth round. Number two, Josh Jackson, cornerback, Packers, second round. They drafted two cornerbacks back-to-back. Yeah. Boy, yeah, they're important. Number one, James Daniels, center, might move over to guard. Bears, second round. So interesting, uh, the the two Hawkeyes it. at the top, one of the Bears, one of the Packers. How I about love, that? Uh, I, I'm a Bears fan, and finally the Hawkeyes have a player on the Bears. It's been, I think, 28 years since the Bears drafted a Hawkeye player, so that's kind of cool to see. Uh, and Todd McShay raving about James Daniels, says he'll be a starter in the league for a long, long time. That is cool. Let's go to uh, Scott in Des Moines. Scott, you have a thought on LeBron James after the Cavs won a Really competitive seven-game series against a Pacers team that might have been better, except the Cavs had James. 
Well, yes, I was listening to uh, Andy say that LeBron was no Michael Jordan. But I think you guys forget that Michael Jordan was no Wilt Chamberlain. In my opinion, the greatest basketball player ever. Certainly the most dominant. They had to change the game to, mm-hmm. because he was so dominant. But he's really hurt by the, the one championship with, some, with a guy who was so dominant and was on so many good teams. He just couldn't close people out. Well, I don't think we're talking about the best team. We're talking about the best player. And this guy averaged over 50 points a game two seasons in a row. He did. There's no one, no one questioning his greatness. And let's not forget, he scored 100 points in the game. He sure did. He did. All he had to do was hold up a piece of paper because those were different times. Uh, by the way, um, wanted to show this, John. I was really yeah. excited. We rolled on this. Uh, Allie, our our director of Sound Off, she rolled on this earlier this week because I was so excited oh. because, look, the Eagle cam, uh, Mr. Eagle is back. Now, you can tell he's getting, yeah. the, he's getting the cold shoulder from his wife. Um, he's trying to work his way from the couch back to the, the bedroom, but he's, he's back. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know if you've heard, like, the, the news. Like, your story's a little off here. Oh, he's back. I see uh, him right there. He's out on the branch. That's an eagle. Yep. But it's actually, that's not actually the dad. What, where, where's this eagle from? Uh, Philadelphia. Are you sure? Yeah, he's just a, uh, he's a passerby, see, and now he's heading back. So he like flies over national anthems and stadiums and he just happened to stop here? Yeah, and he just, you know, who, who knows what he's looking for. Very unlikely Stopped by Decora and uh, yeah, but just from Philly, came in. Jenny Simpson doesn't know how to lose on the world-famous Blue Oval. This week, she ran her record to 11-0 while setting a new American record. Simpson's part of Faceoff, plus your final takes, 515-282-9010. You are watching Sound Off Live. Sound off at WHOTV.com. Aaron Rodgers is now a minority owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. This is his second ownership. He owned the Bears for eight of his last ten games. Burn. Wow. Steven Clive. Despite all the pre-race hype, Iowa's Jenny Simpson and Carissa Schweitzer did not disappoint at the Drake Relays. Both turned in record-setting performances. That's from Rich in Johnston. They did. All right, Keith. Time to bounce around some more topics. We call it face-off. What a week for the Drake Relays. New records, perfect weather, and awesome crowds. From Sunday's beautiful Bulldog Contest, Tuesday's Grand Blue Mile, Wednesday's Vault at Capitol Square, Thursday's Distance Carnival, and Friday, Saturday's combination of thrilled high school kids and world-class Olympians, this was the best Drake Relays in many years. Well done. I guess it's official. For the first time, the annual Cyhawk Series will come down to academics. What? Iowa leads in athletics 13 to 12, but academics is worth two points. So according to Jamie Pollard, the school with the highest NCAA APR score wins. I can see the trash talk now. Yo mama is so stupid. No, uh, <laughs> Keeping the student in student athletes. Not many people care much about this title. E- example, think about it there at home. Who has the Cyhawk trophy now? Iowa has it, but hey, this is a, it, it's good promotion. It brings needed attention to some of the other sports and academics. Academics. Yeah. All right. He's no Jordan, 
but I'll give credit to LeBron. He gets better with age. 45 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, and a Game 7 clincher against the Pacers. Now, Jordan didn't play in many Game 7s, but LeBron is getting it done. LeBron now 13-0 in first-round series. First player to drop 45 points in two Game 7s. Not even Wilt did that. He's won his past five Game 7s, averages 35 points in those games, passing Jordan. LeBron also ahead of Jordan in playoff buzzer beaters and game winners, past Scottie Pippen for most steals in NBA playoff history. We need to appreciate what we're seeing. Oh, I appreciate it, but can we please stop with all the flopping? Please. I can't defend LeBron's soccer flops. That's a bad look. Keith, it's been confirmed. Uranus stinks. I'm not surprised. Over under. All right, let's go. Overrated. Commission on college basketball headed by Dr. Condoleezza Rice. Some common sense suggestions, but mostly just stood for the status quo in college basketball. Didn't even address the elephant in the room. Compensation. Underrated Iowa Central Community College Tritons. The rugby team proved it can beat any college in America Regardless of size or classification, uh, thanks to Eric Pratt of the Messenger for sending a photo for us tonight. Yeah, those guys ran with the big dogs, and the big dogs got scared. Yeah, they did. They, they got scared. All right, we're down to, we have about, like, just about a, oh, uh, You want to know what's bugging me? All this yammering. Shut your mouths. One minute, boys. All right. Tiny ref, out. Whoa. Fired up tonight. Tiny ref. Big A in Knoxville. Uh, big A, you'll have the final shot here. We're running out of time. Uh, yeah, you had a caller uh, earlier, some Yahoo, who called Mr. Soundoff by the wrong name, and that's just unacceptable. It's 2018. That's Mr. Soundoff, John Sears. No Andy fails in here. Yes! That, back. that guy did say Andy. He did say Andy. Big A! Hey, this week's, week's shout-out goes to Central's Josh Brunk. We're back next week. Hope you are, too. We leave you with the Soundoff send-off. Channel 13's Janae Town delivers the big news. Finally tonight, a new space study reveals the planet Uranus really does stink. According to scientists, Uranus smells like rotten eggs. <laughs> I, said, I said I got this. You new study suggests clouds in the planet's atmospheres are composed of hydrogen sulfide, the molecule that makes rotten eggs smell so bad. However, experts say if anyone went to Uranus, you wouldn't have to endure the stench because the 200-degree atmospheric conditions would kill them first. So there's that. Good night.